Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. The nights are getting longer. There's a chill in the air. And soon, ghoulish trick-or-treaters will be knocking at your door. Today on Bay Curious, we've got a treat for you. A spooky special inspired by this question from a listener. Hi, I'm Kelsey Poole, and my question is, what are the most haunted places in San Francisco? We sent Kelsey on a San Francisco ghost tour to learn the haunted side of the city's history. It's a cool way to see the city, and you get some spooky stories to keep you up at night. But what we didn't expect to find on the tour was the real-life story that would shake us the most. Something not found in many San Francisco history books. Something more significant than any Halloween legend. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. Today, the story of a crusading heroine who somehow became a demon in her own lifetime. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Bay Curious reporter Carly Severn went along with the question asker, Kelsey, on the ghost tour and brings us the tale. All ghost hunters, gather around, gather around. The San Francisco ghost hunt starts at dusk in the city's Pacific Heights neighborhood, in the shadow of those looming Victorians. Hello and welcome to the San Francisco ghost hunt walking tour. Actor Christian Cajigal leads us around these steep streets in full 19th century dress, top hat and clacking cane. 
every corner brings another ghoulish story from San Francisco history, from ghostly apparitions to an aristocrat who disappeared under grisly circumstances. Windows and doors are heard to slam shut throughout the entire house, as inside they discovered the pickled body of George Atherton. But on one particularly dark street corner, our guide Christian places his flickering lantern down on the sidewalk to illuminate a large circular plaque under our feet, dedicated to a woman who lived and died here over a century ago. She was said to be worth $30 million. For anybody, any time, that is an accomplishment. For a woman in the Victorian time, quite an accomplishment. For an African-American woman, for that time, almost unheard of, almost. This, my friends, is Miss Mary Ellen Pleasant. The excitable crowd on this tour has come to be scared. But sometimes, Christian says, they get more than they bargained for. What was that? Mary's ghost is said to summon chills, frighten dogs, even throw nuts from the nearby eucalyptus trees at people like us. Not on your head, from behind on your back. After the crowds disperse into the night, I wondered, why would this soul still be so restless? I wanted to learn more about the flesh and blood Mary. And there's one person who knows her better than most, Sacramento writer Sushil Bibbs. Her life is so enshrouded in mystery because she was her own spin doctor. Mary wrote three autobiographies, but each one contradicts the other. Here's what we do know about her. She was born a slave in Georgia. She was raised in Nantucket in indenture. There on the East Coast, years before she came to San Francisco, Mary was a crucial figure in the civil rights fight secretly teaming up with abolitionists and rescuing escaped slaves on the Underground Railroad. In this world, nothing could ever be as it seemed. She was very used to being covert, and she often said that words were made to conceal feelings and that she was good at it. And that double life included presenting as a white woman when she could. Early on, she married well and rich. And when she was widowed, she inherited all that money. $45,000 in gold from her husband's estate. And she made the journey by steamer to San Francisco in 1852, still passing as white. She found a town filled with men come to make their gold rush fortunes. They were far from home and needed somewhere to live. So Mary buys up boarding houses and laundries. All kinds of things that she thinks will be a niche in San Francisco to make more money. The thing is, she stayed close to the action in these boarding houses and often even cooked for these men. Why? Because you can hear secrets that way. And she used them as leverage to further her real cause, bringing the Underground Railroad out west. You see, only San Francisco's growing black community knew her as a black woman. They called her the Black City Hall, the place where you go to get what you need. She helped African-Americans get jobs on steamers and in homes and in in her own businesses. Not only that, almost a century before Rosa Parks, Mary Ellen Pleasant challenged the city's segregated transit system. She won in and out of court, and in 1868, 
um, African Americans could ride the trolleys in San Francisco. After the Civil War, over a decade after she arrived in the city, Mary finally checked the box that said black on the census of 1865. Sushil, who also performs as Mary on stage, reads from her memoirs. My cause was the cause of freedom and equality for myself and for my people. And I'd rather be a corpse than a coward. But by the 1880s, the wild, mud-caked San Francisco that Mary Ellen Pleasant, the capitalist, had carved her way into, had itself transformed. Very much more overtly racist. Across the nation, emancipated slaves became a convenient scapegoat for the economy's woes. And as a wealthy, older black woman, Mary now inspired suspicion, even fear. And that is how a heroine becomes a villain. Now the press coined a racist nickname, Mammy Pleasant. And in 1883, she became entangled in the scandalous trial of a Nevada senator, accused of seducing, then abandoning a young woman. That woman was Mary's friend. It was a trial like the O.J. Simpson trial of the 20th century and went all the way to New York and it was reported everywhere, every day. Though she wasn't on trial, Mary was painted as a sinister crone with an otherworldly hold over the white people she was close to. But rather than rejecting the rumours, she defied them, encouraged them even during the senator's trial. At one point, she, she planted a voodoo doll and said that, you know, he would die. Uh, he did die during the, tri- the course of the trials. To Mary Ellen Pleasant, voodoo wasn't just some scare tactic. It was voodoo, a belief system from her ancestral homeland of Haiti. It was Pleasant's religion from the time she was a child. She was born the daughter of a voodoo priestess and the granddaughter of a voodoo priestess from Haiti. Scandal followed scandal. When her wealthy white business partner was found dead in her mansion, his widow collaborated on a full-page smear piece in the San Francisco Chronicle. The headline? The Queen of the Voodoos. The press had used the language of the supernatural to describe her for years. Now they made her into a flat-out monster. And the public turned on her. They exploited those rumors and called her a blackmailer. They called her a baby stealer. So I would say that, that it was hate, revenge, and racism. Pleasant died in 1904 in her 90s. After such a life, so many achievements, this was the obituary she received in the San Francisco Examiner. Mammy Pleasant will work weird spells no more. It's telling who gets a legend and who gets a ghost story. How we're remembered depends on who's telling your story. Or as our tour guide Christian put it, under those haunted eucalyptus trees in San Francisco. But when there's three versions of your life story, We don't know what to do with your life story. We stop telling your life story, and we forget your story. He keeps Mary Allen Pleasant on his ghost hunt, he says, so that she's not forgotten. But given Mary's own penchant for mystery and a good story, then maybe you could choose a worse time to get to know Mary Allen Pleasant than Halloween. (laughs) 
San Francisco ghost tour that Carly and Kelsey went on, we've snagged a very special ghost hunt only for Bay Curious listeners. That is right. We will be with Christian, the guide you heard in the story just now, and we will be hearing tales not only of Mary Ellen Pleasant, but so many more outrageous San Francisco characters. I'll be there, along with some others from the Bay Curious team. The event is on Thursday, November 1st, but space is very limited, so act fast if you're into it. Details and tickets at baycurious.org. Before we go, let's check back in with Kelsey, our question asker. What did you think about the story of Mary Ellen Pleasant? Uh, It was really cool. History I didn't know before. But I hope she doesn't throw a gumball at me. (laughs) Reporter Carly Severn, thank you for bringing us the story. Thanks for having me and happy Halloween, everyone. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's Trivia Game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.